Hello, and welcome to the Amber Live interviews. This is Russell, producer and co-host of Amber Live. We want to remind you to subscribe to us both here and at youtube.com slash amberlive. You don't want to miss a moment of Amber LeMay, the Larry King of drag queens. There's so much more to the show than just the interviews that Amber does each week. We have hundreds of interviews, comedy sketches, songs, and more on YouTube that you can watch anytime. But in the meantime, you can listen to the amazing interviews right here. Now enjoy this episode of Amber Live Interviews. So let's bring on our guest tonight, Alexander Cheeves. Alexander, come into my basement. Hey. <laughs> and I'm sure you've been in some basements before, haven't you? Say that again? Have you been in any basements before? Oh, a few. One too many. <laughs> a few. All right. Now, looking at your biography, one of the first two words are sex worker. First of all, I want to know, where did you grow up? I grew up all over the place. I grew up in Zambia and South Africa and West London and uh, Georgia, South Carolina, everywhere. I hopped around now, quite a bit. How, how, why was that? That's a whole story. I wrote a, I wrote a book about it. My parents were evangelical missionaries. That's an interesting start right there. Yeah. All right. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that for a second now. And uh, how old were you and where did you start being a sex worker? I was 19 when I got my first client. So I was not even old enough to go to a bar. And um, it started very casually. I was in college. And Where was this? Uh, it started the way I think it, it a lot of people start. It um, somebody offered to sweeten the deal. Um, you know, somebody wanted a sexual encounter and I said no. And then they incentivized a little bit. And uh, I said yes. And I didn't treat it as a business until years later. And once I got better at it, I... Where was this when you had your first encounter? My first encounter, goodness, it must have been... It was in downtown Savannah, Georgia, right outside of Club One. All right. And so you, you had sex for money. Someone paid you for, to have sex with them. Did that Was that frequent then from then on? That was uh, the first one was a one timer that that never continued. But later on, I I learned how to treat it like a business and I learned how to set a rate and provide a specific experience. And um, later on, I learned how to keep and maintain clients like a like okay, a business. So, so you said you learned that. How does one learn that? Honestly, you the best thing to do is to ask people who've been doing it for any amount of time. I had to learn from other professionals, as with any kind of professional job. So, Sex workers are looked down on as prostitutes, as whores. What is your feeling about that, the negative term sex worker? Well, uh, I think that sex worker, the term sex worker, has, has become the, the nice way to describe the business, um, uh, I think prostitute is still still kind of smacks of of a of a you know it's a it's a more derogatory term. But um, I think a lot of people prefer now to say sex worker just because sex work can encompass 
uh, porn. It can encompass intimacy coaching. It can uh, encompass having sex. It can it, it sex work. I think is a little bit more broad, whereas prostitution is a very specific label. Prostitution is generally speaking the illegal practice of trading sex for money. Uh, whereas sex work encompasses content creators and online performers and 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 dancers and strippers and erotic erotic performers that don't necessarily trade sex for money. Um, what what is the percentage of your work that goes into intimate intimate coaching, um, dancing on videos and that type of thing? I'm I'm terrible at porn, so I'm not a very good porn star. Well, I had to learn that? that the what, hard way. What, 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 I, I don't have the skills needed to be good at porn. Why, so, why is that? Why you said it, you found out the hard way, but because I tried, and it's so hard. Porn is so hard. Why? Tell me why it was difficult for you. Uh, you have to the skills to necessarily be good at sex and be good at intimacy are not necessarily the skills to be a good performer. Porn stars are good at porn, which is not necessarily the same thing as being good at sex. They're good at performing sex. And I am not good at performing sex. I'm good at connecting with people, um, uh, having intimate experiences, having authentic connection, building trust, all the, all, the, all the ingredients that are necessary for a good sexual encounter. That's where I, I, I feel like I, in, in person, that's where I do best but when you put a camera in the mix suddenly it's it's a show it's a, it's a performance and then and then it feels inauthentic and i don't do that i understand so. I, I totally understand okay so um as a sex worker what can, do you have an average client or can you is there a demographic that is sure. attracted to you my average client i tend to get people who are well, it's two. I have two average clients. My, the one is someone who is is young, uh, my age or a bit younger, and is brand new to sex, uh, first time experiences. Uh, and then the other client, I think the more common client is someone who is either a divorcee or a widow and is coming to sex either after a very long break or has never fully come out and explored sex and is exploring it much later in life. Um, so retirees and people who are coming out late, uh, like 60, 60 and up, I'm, I'm really good at helping people explore sex for the first time in a safe and comfortable environment. And I, and I think I work better with, I, I tend to work better with people some years older than me. Oh, good to know. Good to know. <laughs> How do they contact you? How do they find you? So I use a website called Rentman, which is the most, it's the only one that, that I think has a, a good foothold in the United States. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's not, the website isn't based in the U.S., which is why it's able to be used, because any, any U.S.-based website is going to get rated by the feds as what happened with Rent Boy. Um, so Rent Men, I'm, I'm, it's based somewhere in Europe, and I'm honestly, I honestly can't tell you where, but it's the one that all the, all the U.S. guys use. 
Now, do you have to pay to be on that, or do you do they get money from the? So the I have to pay is, a is, monthly is, premium to have a to have a premium account. So and that it it goes up, you know, gradually. I mean, it's not it's not cheap. So I have to deduct an hour of work every month just to be on the website. It's a business expense. So how many hours a week do you work at the sex work? You know, increasingly less. I've been doing this for over 10 years. And so I find that the amount that I'm willing to work in sex work has decreased. I also write. And so, um, I, I mean, I published a book last year. And so as writing has grown, um, I find that the, my, my bandwidth, my, my ability to see a lot of clients quite frequently, like I used to be able to do when I was a bit younger has, has decreased. It's exhausting. So, <coughs> oh yes, yeah. things happen when, once, once ages a bit. <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> how old yeah. are you right now? If I ask. Beg your pardon? How, how old am, are you right now? If I may ask. I'm 30. 30. Looking good. Looking good. Um, what are your boundaries? What do you, when someone says, I want to hire you for sex, are there things you say, I won't do that? Yes. So I, I do a lot of fetish and kink. And there are certain, just primarily for safety issues, I won't be physically incapacitated. Uh, with the client Meaning bound um, or tied up or bound or tied up. Yeah. Okay. I, I just for my own personal safety, uh, unless somebody has been a regular client for some time and I have experience with them and I know that they're safe uh, with, with new clients, I never do bondage or any kind of physical incapacitation either for myself or for them. I feel like it takes some time to develop that kind of rapport. Mm -hmm. Um, uh i won't I, I if people are looking for someone to be really rough and degrading and and harsh which is certainly a a a, a form of sex work that is quite popular that's not really my jam that's not really what i do i'm i want to make people feel safe not be rough and sometimes that's what people are looking to to pay for and that's not what i do you mentioned intimacy coach. Do you do any of that? I, yeah, I, I, the more I write, cause I write about, I write sex education guides and I write about sex ed. And the more I write the fine, I find that more and more people actually come to me from my writing. And so they'll come with very specific questions and, and they'll, and I, I can, I can, I like the clients where I'm able to teach more so than just provide a sexual experience. Did COVID change your occupation in any way? Well, I mean, I had like every like every other sex worker, I had to stop for a while, um, which was a struggle. You know, I mean, just like everybody else who has an in-person job, I, I I I I struggled to pay the bills there for a little bit. But um, if anything, certainly right after COVID work skyrocketed because people had been withheld from yeah yeah from sex and intimacy for so long and yeah so COVID actually kind of 
jump-started things a bit as soon as as soon as things kind of started to get a bit safer all right all right alexander thank you so much we have more to talk to you about and we'll get right back to you this is russell producer and co-host of amber live reminding you that it is your support that keeps us going you can make a donation through this podcast by using our venmo at rjd pro or by visiting us at amberlive.tv and clicking on the support amber live button and now back to this incredible interview all right alexander come back in all right you mentioned many times that you you write how did your writing career start so that's a that's an interesting journey um i i studied writing at college and um where, where did you go to school scad in savannah savannah college of art and design <laughs> okay scad yeah. scad Scad, uh, yeah, yeah, Scad, uh, not, not the other, not the other one. Yeah, um, I started writing. Not technology. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Savannah College of Art and Design, just so everybody knows. Um, and I started a blog actually as a school assignment, and I was writing about relationships and sex, kind of just for fun. And a magazine based out of Chicago somehow i still don't know how they found the blog and they asked me to be a columnist for them uh, that magazine doesn't exist anymore but that got me some experience writing columns and sex advice and stuff like that and then i applied for an internship with the advocate in los angeles and i i i got it and so i moved to la and uh the internship led to a column, which was Sexy Beast, which ran for a bit. And uh, and that led to being a contributor, a regular contributor for all the LGBTQ magazines. So. You're in Germany right now, as we speak. Yeah. Why, why Germany? I had to get out of New York. <laughs> why is that? Uh, New York got... I mean, it's, I mean, it's unspeakably expensive. Um, and I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I want to necessarily stay in such an expensive place, but, uh, Germany was a goal for a long time. I wanted to be part of its sex culture. I wanted to experience the nightlife. I, Germany, German, well, okay. Specifically Berlin culture has a lot of things that I love and I wanted to see them in person. So what's the difference from the sex culture in German Berlin than New York city? Well, uh, parties last five times as long and you can do whatever you want. <laughs> it's uh, what, what do you mean by that? You can't do whatever you want in New York. No, no. New York is examples. A, New York is a tame city. People, People move to New York thinking that it's like 1985 and New York is now a, I mean, it's run by billionaires. It's a very cleaned up city. It's a, all the cruising is gone. There's not, you know, all the sex happens in private spaces. There aren't sex clubs anymore. They can't stay open. Um, there are very stringently enforced laws against sex in a bar or, I mean, there are no more back rooms in New York city, which is just crazy. Um, yeah, there's no more back rooms in New York. So, um, New York has heavily policed and clamped down on what you can do in a public place. And 
And, um, and Berlin is still, you know, this, it's still Babylon. It's still this <laughs> wonderful. In, your, in, in the advice columns that you write, uh, what are some common themes that people write to you about? Everybody wants to know how to bottom and how to douche. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's the hardest. Yeah. It's the hardest part, right? Yeah. Seriously? That's what people want to know? Yeah. I, I mean, it. I could divide half of all the questions I receive into there's the specific how-to sex questions, which tend to err on the side of how do I bottom? And then there's the relationship questions, which tend to be, I'm in a relationship. I want to play with other people. My partner says no. Or we both want to play with other people and we don't know how to navigate that or what that's called. And they're looking for either permission to be non-monogamous or they're looking for ways to have that conversation with their partner. Or they're looking for me to say that you need to break up, which is most of the time what the answer is. If, if you want to be open and your partner doesn't want to be open, it's a deal breaker. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, um, oh, um, Shilala um, from Canada asked us, how do you keep the romance going? I think that the best way to keep the romance going is to, for one, to maintain constant dialogue and communication with your partner. I think a lot of times we get in these scripts of behavior um, that keep us behaving according to a existing standard or expectation. Um, I, I tell everybody, if you want to keep the fire in the relationship to keep the dialogue going, you should talk about five things every couple months. And that's friends, family, fucking finance and feelings. And if you can talk about those five things with complete honesty and transparency, even schedule it, like schedule a, a sit down talk every two to three months and talk about on money. the first Friday, the first Friday to go along with all those other F's you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as you talk about those, the, the five F's, you're fine. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, are you currently in a relationship? Have you ever been in one? I've been in a few. Yeah, but I, uh, I am not currently in one right now. All right. Ooh, guys. <laughs> Hello there. Hello there. All right. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Dave Brown has a question here. Um, have you thought about doing an audio version of your excellent book? So that's a, that's a question I get quite a bit. Um, we will be doing an audio version. We will not, we probably won't be doing an ebook anytime soon. That'll, that'll, that'll be a little bit longer. So, right. But I but we are we are planning to do an audio book. All right, we're going to talk about your books in our next segment. Just sit right there, Alexander, and we'll be right back to you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this interview. This is Russell, producer and co-host of Amber Live, reminding you that we stream on YouTube every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Check out the hundreds of past interviews and all the comedy sketches, songs, and more from previous episodes. And remember to subscribe to us, both here and on YouTube.com slash AmberLive, so you don't miss a single new guest or a hysterical comedy sketch.
another sip and review. <laughs> Thank you, Lucy Bell. All right, let's bring Alexander Cheeves back in. Alexander. Alexander, I've, I got a glimpse of some tattoos. All right, we've got a picture of you with um, some tattoo with your tattoos. If we can show that. All right, you've got a, quite a few there. Tell us about your first tattoo and what got you started. Hmm. So I don't know if you can see it. My first it oh. is uh, everything's backwards. Uh, is the feather? Yes. Here. Um. I mean, I, I have quite a few. Um, I, I don't know. I, I love tattoo culture. I love tattoo artistry. I like to support tattoo artists. And yeah. How, how many tattoos do you have? Oh my god. Um, well, I mean, at this point, I've lost count because I mean, my entire chest is done. Uh, in fact, I have a lot more tattoos even than in that photo. You can take your shirt off if you'd yeah. like. I'm not going to stop you. So yes. I have, this is the name of my book in sort of a script. Um, I don't, everything's backwards on the video. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is a quote from my favorite movie, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Um this is the name of my grandmother who passed away, who I'm very, very, who I was very, very close to. Uh, I have a hummingbird. I don't know if you can see here. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Yeah, that's my tattoo roll. You don't have to put your shirt back on. That, that's fine. That's fine. We're yeah. casual here. Do you, do you have any below your waist? I beg your pardon? Do you have any tattoos below your waist? I have Leonard, I have Leonard, uh, here, I'll show you. I have... I have a letter. I have these two letter Cohen quotes. I can't. I can't stand on the chair. So here. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Oh yeah. And, and what are those? Uh, they're quotes by Leonard Cohen, my favorite singer. Oh, how nice! How nice! Yeah, that, that's very nice. All right. All right. Uh, so, have I made you blush yet? Oh, that, that was pretty good. Yay! <laughs> that, that was pretty good. Okay, tell me about your books your, uh, that you've written. Tell me about those. Uh, I'm sorry, say again one time? Uh, tell me about the books that you've written. So I have written a memoir, a sex memoir about my life. And uh, coming out, I believe this month is a anthology that I added and that I contributed an essay to. And uh, my next book should publish in 2024. And what's that about? I can't say yet. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, well, you'll have to come back and talk to me about you'll that. You'll have, have to come back. I, yeah, the, the second one is uh, its own journey. Okay. My love is a beast. Uh, what was that? I'm sorry, uh, uh, Russell, throw that back. My, my love is a beast confessions. T tell me about that book, what it's about. Well, it started off as a collection of essays. Um, in fact, to be completely honest, I still very much see the book as a collection of nonfiction essays. But when you put nonfiction essays in chronological order, you have a memoir. So we, we yeah. sold it as a memoir. But um, I still see the book as uh, individual moments in my life. Uh, that were each their own version of a sexual discovery 
or a personal discovery. I mean, I write about um, testing positive over 10 years ago and what that was like. And, you know, cause that was before prep and, and how different that was and, and how drastically prep changed life for me as an HIV positive man. Um, uh, I write about, I mean, my parents, as, as I've said, are, 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 are conservative Christians, missionaries. And so, you know, juxtaposing, uh, coming to terms with that, and with the work that I do was a big part of writing the book. What What is your relationship with your parents right now? You know, it's as good as it can be. I'm very, very grateful for it. Um, we've It's taken time to get to where we are now. Um, but I'm... I'm I'm quite happy with with where we're at. They they do not read my work, nor do I think they should, um, and that's okay. I think that's kind of the necessary rule of our relationship is that they don't need to know all the stuff that I write, and that's that's where we're at. So where, where are they now? They live in Georgia. Yeah, about uh, uh, not too far from Atlanta. Uh, do they have? Do you have siblings? I have a sister. And, and yeah. what's her uh, idea of what you're doing? Oh, Rebecca is amazing. She's great. Um, uh, I I have a sort of a I have a I have a sort of an unspoken rule with her that I don't I don't talk to you too much about her life because because I I, I want to respect her privacy as much as I can. Um, but Rebecca and I both we both had to sort of take our journey out of the way that we were raised. We, neither one of us became these ardent conservative Christian people. We, we both rebelled in our own way. Very cool. Uh, one more question about your tattoos. What's the one on your neck there? Those numbers. This one right here. Yes. So do you know what ICD 10 codes are? No. So the, this is the ICD-10 code, which is an international health code. Um, it's the code for, for various different diseases and, and health risks and conditions. And this is high-risk homosexual behavior. Alexander, I, you're fascinating. I just love talking to you. I can't wait to find out what your next book is about. You'll have to come back and talk to me. Thank you so much for being so open with us. Russell, let's make sure we put up there all the contact information for Alexander that people want to reach out to because, uh, uh, oh, I'd just love to talk to you about uh, a lot of other things as well. Thank you so much. Now go out to the clubs and uh, have some fun that you can't do in New York. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's been so much fun. Thank you for having me. This is so cool. Oh, oh, it was a pleasure for me as well. Thank you, Alexander. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Amber Live Interviews. Remember to subscribe to us so you don't miss a single minute of the fun. And remember, it is your support that keeps us going. You can make a donation through this podcast by using our Venmo at RJD Pro or by visiting us at amberlive.tv and clicking on the Support Amber Live button. Thank you.